0: Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, scaling omics approaches to population size. This is Rika Fred. On the topic, single-cell analysis of liver biopsies from obese patients, a new approach to understanding fatty liver disease. My name is Rickard Fred, I work as a postdoc in Torben Hansen's group at the Novo Nordisk Foundation Center for Basic Metabolic Research. You heard Torben earlier today. Uh, I'm going to talk about single-cell analysis of uh, liver biopsies from obese patients. So this is a project that we're doing together with the Pierce Group, also at CBMR, and the single-cell omics platform. So we are trying to use single-cell analysis to have a new approach to fatty liver disease. So Matthias Mann briefly talked about uh, fatty liver disease earlier today. So a short yeah? um, a short update. Fatty liver disease has been dubbed the silent epidemic. There's about one billion people worldwide with this diagnosed today. And it's fast becoming a huge medical issue. About 25% of those with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, (NAFL) will progress towards non-alcoholic steatohepatitis NASH. And this is the case where the disease starts to become really dangerous. Because from this stage, you can progress to liver cirrhosis, uh, hepatocellular cancer, and this means that you're eventually going to have to receive a liver transplant. Our study design <clears throat> is to receive biopsies taken during bioatric surgery from B. Dover Hospital. And this is a bottleneck because a liver biopsy has an inherent risk. It is still the gold standard to be able to see your stage of NAFLD and NASH because you need to histology measure steatosis, inflammation and fibrosis. So we get a small sample from these surgeries. They are driven in uh, a to the single cell omics platform at CBMR where we do cell isolation and single-cell RNA sequencing. To be able to use a small sample size and still get viable information, we are taking each cluster of cells, each cell population, each cell type, individually calculating which genes are co-expressed within the cell type. We are then using this set of co-expressed genes, modules, to be able to see if these modules are correlated with disease phenotype. Our data set consists of 21,000 cells from 10 patients with NASH. Uh, what is shown here is that we can detect the uh, 12 major cell types in the liver, uh, which once again shows the importance of actually doing this on a single cell level, because there are so many cell types here that can contribute to the disease. After performing Weighted Gene Correlation Network Analysis, WGCNA, we had about 300 modules. The problem is that this is a very data-driven method, so we don't know if these modules are biologically relevant. Due to the small sample size, it's difficult to see if any changes actually correlates with the disease phenotypes. To solve this, we used a previously published data set by Gerhard et al. from 2018. So this is bulk RNA, and they have approximately 142 individuals in their data set with histological scoring of steatosis, inflammation, and fibrosis. So on the right now, you can see an example on how we calculated if a module were correlated. So for each module, we calculate the activity, the gene expression of those genes, in each patient in the Gerhardt dataset, And then we um, show them according to how they group in the histological factor. So here you can see that the module of choice is heavily downregulated in fibrosis. And this means that we can actually see which modules that are significantly correlated with a factor in this data set without having the power in the single cell data set. The result of this is uh, about 50 modules that we have identified that are significantly correlated with inflammation and fibrosis. Uh, we didn't see any um, correlation with uh, steatosis, but that is probably due to the um, required pre-surgical weight loss in bariatric surgery. Uh, and that heavily affects the level of steatosis. One thing we can do when we have now found these um, biologically relevant And significantly correlated modules, it's that we can map them back to the data set. I've taken the macrophages as an example. To the left you can see that we actually have four subpopulations of macrophages, and to the right you can see the expression level of three of the significant modules. And here we can see that the module expression differs between the different subpopulations. So on the right, for example, we can see that the macrophage 4 module is heavily expressed in a single macrophage cluster of inflammatory macrophages. Another way of using this data is to take pre-existing data and map it on to the single cell data set. Uh, I chose the... um, published paper by uh, Niu al. This is a Matthias Mann paper. He actually mentioned it during his talk as well. So what they have done here is that they are looking for markers in the plasma proteome that are associated with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So four of these markers that they found are actually part of a single module, HEP4, Uh, The total module is about 200 genes, but if we map it to the different cell types, we can see that these are almost exclusively expressed in the hepatocytes. A gene ontology search using G-profiler shows that this module is associated with abnormalities in the complement system. So now we can see that markers for NAFLD are all contained by the same co-expressed module that is affected by abnormalities in the complement system. So, as a conclusion for this, I just want to say that we can see that expensive and time-consuming single-cell RNA sequencing data can be validated and correlated by using larger and cheaper bulk RNA datasets it's also possible to use the single cell RNA seq data to extract novel information for pre-existing datasets thank you